I'm Aaron. This is Paul. And this is Tim. And boys, let me tell you, it's I'm excited to be here. Are it's been you? A while. Yeah, it, oh yeah. It has been. A, we have missed you, Tim. We missed you on our special afterbirth edition of Funny Books. Yeah, yeah, that didn't <laughs> stick, Aaron. We're, we're not. We're, we're still not going with the afterbirth thing. It's afterbirth week two. No, that you, that's that's it's terrible. Not, it's not a thing. <laughs> stop totally trying to make fe- stop trying to make afterbirth happen, Aaron. The the internet no, demands happening. it. The internet demands it. And and it's another special Thursday night edition because this Saturday, instead of uh, sitting on the mics with you guys in the morning, I will be down in San Antonio enjoying the Lone Star Cigar Bash once again. Pretty excited about that. <sighs> All right. So I feel like you're saying that you've traded up. I, I, I feel the tone in your voice is, is such that. Completely traded up. Rather than doing this shit, yeah. I'm going to trade be doing the- something good. Traded up so significantly, I feel bad because you know I feel like I've given somebody a raw deal, you know. I, <laughs> I, mean, I, I gotta say, I, I uh, all these Thursday get-togethers. Why aren't we doing something other than podcasts? I'm just saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm I, just, I, I, I blame Wayne. Wayne, stupid yeah. Wayne, fucking Wayne. So as so, you can see, uh, Wayne's not here. Right. Yeah. He, he, well, we, he didn't make it past birth. <laughs> 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 He's still devouring that placenta. Gross. <laughs> so uh, I, I happened to uh, get a get a gift from my uh, father-in-law and my my stepmother-in-law. That's not as easy to say. And it's this little. It's it's one of the Justice League ducks. So you know, it's a like a light up like rubber ducky, but it's a Wonder Woman rubber duck. And my wife, the first. Oh, go ahead. I am unfamiliar with this. Is oh. this a thing? It, it's a thing. Huh. And so my wife says, hey, look, even the duck has bigger boobs than Gail Godot did. <laughs> like, uh, uh, what do you do? <laughs> uh, that, so, is so yeah. sad. <laughs> that is so sad. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going It's going to work with me. It's, it's <laughs> Your big boob duck? Your duck with the boob? Yep. Yeah. So, it has to. <laughs> I've got a, I've got, I've got a Batman there. You know, I can't not bring it to work now. So is there, is there all this sexual tension between Batman Duck and uh, you know Big Boob Wonder Duck? I think she's digging Aqua Duck uh. when I find him. I don't know. It's, uh. we'll see. Uh. Huh. Okay, okay. I'm gonna have to look into this whole Justice League Duck thing because uh, I, I am unfamiliar with it. Let's be honest, about- Aaron. You're, you're, you're totally not looking into that shit. No, no, yeah. I, I, I'm going to spend the rest of the night doing that. You're going to have to prompt me when it's time for me to talk because I'm going to be busy Googling Ducky Justice League. <laughs> you'll, find him at, you'll find him at Walgreens. There you go. <laughs> Done. All right. I'm on it. Can you all just wait? i got to run to Walgreens. <laughs> we can do no such thing, Aaron. Focus. <laughs> this is what happens when you podcast on Thursday nights. Aaron gets That's distracted. Right. I get a little punchy. Yeah. 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 All right. So, well, well, I have some bad news, Aaron. Oh, you know, every time Paul tells me we, it's bad news, you know, he's going to go run something. You know, <laughs> I got some bad news there and I got to go run something. I can't podcast on Saturday. Oh, wait. No, that was you this week. Um, no, Your hands uh, aren't clean, Paul. Let's be fair. <laughs> that, no, that, my, my hands are the bloodiest of all. Um, yes. So the bad news is that Daniel Craig basically said, fuck you, James Bond. No more for me. Ah, oh, that breaks. I, you know, I, 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 he had said that after uh, 
you know, out on the press tour for the most recent, you know, Bond film Spectre. But, you know, everyone said, oh, well, you know, he just finished making that movie. He's tired. He'll be fine. So did he come out and officially say no, no? Yeah, basically. I mean, apparently they offered him apparently they offered him a hundred million dollars for, I mean, a multi-picture deal. It wasn't just for one film. And he turned it down. Wow. Yeah. I mean, when I say multi-picture, like two or three films. So it was still a damn good payday. And yeah. he, he turned it down. He said, no, I, I, I seriously, seriously don't want to do James Bond films anymore. Oh, that breaks my heart. He's so good. Well, and so Sam Mendes, who directed the last two James Bond films, appears to be out as well. Which, uh, I mean, that's, to be fair, that I didn't really like Spectre. You so. didn't like Spectre? No. Nah. Oh, my God. I loved Spectre. Really? I like Skyfall, but I didn't like Spectre. Oh, I love both of them. The one that I don't much care for is Quantum of Solace. I don't think anyone likes that one. Yeah. Yeah. But if you watch them all together, Quantum of Solace is much more watchable. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely. just not a good standalone film. And if you watch them together, you will have to pee. <laughs> yeah, uh, many, many times. And if you watch them in reverse, <laughs> it's devil incantation. Uh-huh. Yes. Or yeah. perhaps they, they uh, I don't know. I'm, I don't know where I was going with that joke, but the point is... <laughs> I, I, I was trying to make a Loki reference because apparently the front runner is uh, Tom Hiddleston to take on the James Bond role. Well, there are a lot of little girls who will enjoy that because I mean the little girls love them some Tom Hiddleston. I like Tom Hiddleston too. I, I, I feel like I'm setting myself up. <laughs> yeah, you you are. <laughs> You're kind of a little girl, Paul. I, I mean, we all know you squat move. to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. As soon as as soon as my mouth opens. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> How much have you had to drink tonight, Paul? Only one, but it was an 18%. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right. So Tom Hiddleston right. is the front runner for the new James Bond, um, which, I mean, to be fair, I don't know that anyone's really surprised that he was in the running because everyone's been talking about how he'd make a good James Bond for a while. I have never heard anybody say that. Really? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not sure about that. I'm yeah, making I, it up. I, I, it, like, it's not all in my head. Well, yeah, the one that I just kept hearing about was Idris Elba. Yeah, but he's doing and the Han- gunslinger. Han- well, Heimdall would make... An awesome James Bond. Well, apparently he'd make a more awesome Roland the Gunslinger. Oh, from uh, the... Dark Tower. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because that's what he's filming now. Whatever. Yeah. 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 Whatevs. Whatevs. Well, yeah. in other casting news, and officially announced, is that The Rock is going to portray uh, the original superhero Doc Savage in a film to be written and directed by Shane Black. Can, can I just get him to be Black Adam before that happens? <laughs> Can we do that first instead, please? I, I got to tell you, I think the Doc Savage movie gets made long before the the Black Adam movie gets made. Why are we still not? Why, why do we still not have a Shazam movie? Wasn't the Rock cast five years ago in that? Yeah, movie? I mean, yeah, it was a while ago. He, back when he had hair. So, you know, <laughs> back when he was uh, Rocky Maivia. That's when yeah. he was cast. Yeah. <sighs> well, I, I I really like the Rock, but I think kind of think we achieved a certain you know, pinnacle, because I feel like The Rock is everything now. You know, I think Rock is going to be announced uh, any time now as the new, both the new Han Solo and the new Indiana Jones. <laughs> I think he's going to be announced as both. <laughs> In the same movie. And Jaws. All right, so all these Chris Pratt movies, are going to put them over here. The Rock can have the other half, and uh, the rest of you can fuck off. Basically. That's right. That's right. So, I, I mean, I... I uh... I like The Rock. I don't. I'm, I'm, I, like I, I don't want. I love to... Doc Savage. Doc Savage is, yeah. a, a, is such a fantastic character that they haven't done anything halfway decent within years. I was actually no. surprised. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed San Andreas. I, uh, I, yeah, The Rock is good on screen. I like that guy. He is. 
And he's charismatic, and I think you kind of need that for Doc Savage. Yeah, and you got I, yeah. No, I got to be honest. I can't wait two years between Fast and Furious movies for my dose of The Rock. So that's fine. <laughs> Keep doing movies, buddy. That's right. That's right. Well, Tim and I. Speaking of movies, saw just Tim and I. Tim and I. Apparently, I thought it was required watching. Aaron. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna watch it on Blu-ray. Yeah, right. It's, it's required. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know, I don't know that it's even worth your time then. That but, and Deadpool. <laughs> I've already watched Deadpool. I can talk about Deadpool right now. We already talked about Deadpool. I don't give a shit about your opinion. (laughs) (laughs) No, we did see, uh, well, Tim and I saw X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, You know, it came out last week in uh, theaters nationwide. And, uh, you know, too too much, um, I don't even want to say mixed reviews, too pretty much negative reviews uh, across the board from critics. I think it it has gotten a more lukewarm... um, less negative response from fans. So X-Men Apocalypse, you know, obviously features the villain Apocalypse. It's all featuring the X-Men first class cast. It's not, we don't have any returning. We, we have very few returning actors from the original series. Um, trying to avoid spoilers here, mm-hmm. but Tim, why are you we think avoiding of, spoilers? We don't typically do that. Well, because you haven't seen it. I don't care. Okay. Well, other than Hugh <laughs> Jackman, everyone else is from the first class gotcha. okay. uh, era. Um, and so, Tim, what do you think of X Men Apocalypse? You know, I'd, I'd heard so much bad stuff. By the time I got there, I actually enjoyed it. I didn't hate it. Um, no. You know, I think the my biggest issues with with it were were the continuity. I mean, the the the, the X Men continuity is is fairly fucked up right now. Yeah. As a result nah. of Days of Future Past, and nothing is really making sense if you try to piece it all together. So, really, you just kind of have to ignore the fact that those first three films existed, and the which fact- they basically told us to, anyways. Yeah, <laughs> and the fact that you know apparently twenty years have passed since First Class, since the events of First Class and the events of Apocalypse, but everyone looks the exact same age, um, and apparently Havoc has a brother who's twenty years younger than him. <laughs> putting that out there <laughs> i thought it was only 10 years but yeah you, i thought it was only 10 years no no because the civil uh first class took place in 63 and this took place in 83 oh I yeah it was 73 10 oh, years whatever. had passed since um days of future past oh, that's 20 years is. since first class christ on a bike yeah. well and, and everyone pretty much looks the same age um but yeah no i i like i said i i enjoyed it i i you know, it's obviously not the not the greatest superhero movie I've seen this year, but it's it was it was solid. I uh, I love some of the the characters that we got to see again. Like, give me some more Nightcrawler. That's that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought the guy that played Beast did a really good job again. Um, I, I think my only complaint is I sort of feel like we've seen it. It felt way too much about Magneto Redemption again. I think I've had that story enough. Yeah, you know, I, I, and I agree. I think, you know, we've already seen Magneto be redeemed multiple times. And, um, you know, for me, one of the biggest qualms that I had with it was that Apocalypse really, I don't know, he didn't strike me as a very interesting villain. And Apocalypse is one of my favorite Marvel villains. Um, so the fact that they made him so uninteresting in this film, he just didn't really strike me as anything special. I mean... Um, he just he was just kind of bland and and this is Oscar Isaac who I really appreciated in Star Wars the Force Awakens in his little bit of screen time had significantly more screen time in X-Men Apocalypse but really wasn't allowed to do much of anything other than you know talk big and 
and just kind of stand there looking like he was stoned. <laughs> he did have that look to him. <laughs> he totally did. <laughs> um, you know, the four it, horsemen of the apocalypse, you know, we had Storm, we had Psylocke, who, you know, and uh, Archangel and Magneto. But, you know, they, again, not really much to do other than, you know, fight in, at the ending battle and stand there kind of looking angry for the rest of the film. There's there's a scene that's straight out of like a Christian rock like album cover where they're all standing out in the desert in different like height locations. Oh yeah, it's like a Creed album. <laughs> so much like a Creed. What the hell are they doing? They're just standing there looking dippy. And you know what? <laughs> Apocalypse kind of like Scott Stapp. <laughs> kind of a bitch. <laughs> kind of a bitch. <laughs> So, you know, I, man, Archangel's one of my favorite characters, and I, I kind of, I didn't like the way they did the wings. I wanted the Archangel wings. I wanted the sheets of metal, you know? Yeah, well, and I, I wanted them to be blue, too, like like Archangel, not... And it, yeah, that would have been cool, too. And it, it would have been nice if he, it wouldn't have been, it would have been nice if he didn't look like he was, like, 13, either. Well, you know, it's Brian Singer, so everyone's kind of 13 in that film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I saw it with a friend of mine and, um, you know, the movie's starting and I lean over to her and I'm like, I kind of feel bad about paying to see this movie. Like, I kind of don't want to support Brian Singer, but I'm already here. So why not? Uh, <laughs> Oh, Paul. Oh, Paul. <laughs> I'll say this. The camera didn't shake. That's one thing it had going for him. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The, I got uh, to actually see what the fuck happened. But then again, Brian Singer's not really a great action director either. And I feel like those yeah. faults were still in this film um, <laughs> that were in previous films. It's at this point, you know, we've seen the formula of the Quicksilver, um, you know, stealing the scene. Uh, you know, sequence and um, the Magneto, uh, you know, Xavier uh, mental discussion battle thing. And, you bromance. know, it's, yeah, I mean, exactly. Bromance. And we, we've pretty much seen you've seen X-Men Apocalypse before you you have. It's there's nothing original about it. Um, that being said, I, I feel like it is getting harshly reviewed. Uh, I didn't dislike it. I just didn't. I just thought it was honestly for me. I thought it was mediocre. I, you know, one of the biggest kicks I got is when I saw Caliban. I'm like, yes! Yes. I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that was good. And uh, like I said, Nightcrawler was awesome. I was happy. The thing, the thing that, that, the only thing that interests me about the film is uh, Olivia Munn as Psylocke. How did that work out? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here's the thing. I think Olivia Munn's awesome. You know, I think she's hot. Yeah, you can't you can't diss Aaron Rodgers' girlfriend in Wisconsin. I get shot. No. <laughs> but she really doesn't have much to do in the film other than no. stand there. She I has think that one seen... fight sequence that you've seen most of in the trailer. Yeah, I think you've seen the best part of it. She doesn't have a lot of good lines. She doesn't yeah. really. Uh, does she have any lines? I think maybe one or two. Lines. She's got some lines when uh, they're they're in Caliban's shop, basically. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they're kind of really... Yeah, they really don't give her much to do. Same with Angel, really. Angel has one good sequence, but as soon as he becomes uh, an agent of Apocalypse, pretty much nothing to do. That's really disappointing. Even yeah. Storm was a little uninteresting. Yeah, well, and, she always has been. And I think that's well. <laughs> I think that's my assessment of most of the characters of the film. Uh, unfortunately, other than you know Magneto and Mystique. and Cyclops and Mystique, I think everyone else kind of got the shaft. 
um, as far as I don't know. I thought Jean, I thought Jean Grey was okay. Oh yeah, Jean Grey. I, like I said, you know, but is you're big, right. The, the point is, there's more uninteresting than interesting. Is it because the cast is just too big for the film? Are there too many characters on the screen? I don't even think that's it. I think unfor- I, I think it was choices that were made, um, and and in in the story and in the direction. I'm not putting it all on Brian Singer, but I, I do think that the actors weren't given much to play with, and there's just yeah. you know there, this film has far less action than you would think watching. The- it needs it needed more it, for for the four horsemen apocalypse to be there. There needed to be more. And, uh, that said, that said, I, like I said, it, it wasn't a bad movie. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it, exactly. It's not a bad movie. It is, but it is mediocre. And a, in a, a year where we've seen some some pretty decent superhero films, um, this is certainly the bottom of the pile for me. Anyway. Well, I'm I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, you know, because I, I I have not seen the last three X Men movies in the theater. I've seen them on disc at home. Uh, and, but I've enjoyed First Class and I enjoyed Days of Future Past. And uh, I had hoped that at some point I would be enjoying, uh, you know, X-Men Apocalypse. But it sounds like perhaps not. You know, for I, I think I'm getting to the point where if Brian Singer does another X-Men film, I will wait till DVD. I, I just I don't know that I'm necessarily interested in seeing another big screen X-Men film unless they get some fresh blood in, you know, in the creative arena. I'm fine with the cast in general. I, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I like James McAvoy. I like Michael Fassbender, but I don't need to see the Magneto Redemption, the Xavier, you know, building the school that blows up to rebuild it, you know, story that we've seen a hundred times over. It's just, it, it, it's it's formulaic now, and I'm ready for something yeah. fresh. I was yeah. much more interested in Michael Fassbender when I saw that he was in the Assassin's Creed movie. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that Assassin's Creed movie, Tim. Whatever, whatever, Paul. I mean, don't get me wrong. I saw the trailer and I'm like, yes, from a concept level. But the trailer didn't exactly sell me on the film. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, let's talk about comics. Comics? Comics. Well, comics. Funny books. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. Should I call them graphic novels? Is that like a thing? (laughs) I don't know. They're these little uh, multicolored. So... DC. We talked very extensively last week about DC Rebirth, the uh, the the um, relaunch of DC's line, uh, the eighty page comic that came out last week. We we spoke in depth about, so I really recommend listening to that episode because one, it's awesome, and, and I'm referring to the episode, and two, <laughs> DC's Rebirth was awesome too. So this week we had four Rebirth books come out. Um, we had Green Lanterns, Green Arrow, Batman, and Superman. We're going to touch on each for a little bit. Um, go ahead and start with Green Lanterns Rebirth, written by Jeff Johns and Sam Humphreys, art by Ethan Van Sciver and Ed Bennis. And so we all read this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Aaron, so what did you think of you, Aaron? You've been out of Green Lantern for a while. Uh, I think for even before Jeff Johns left the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. So, um, I uh, first off, um, I think both of the covers for this book are, are sweet. Um, I, I really like the uh, the Jessica. What's her last name? Uh, Cruz. 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 Jessica Cruz cover, and then the cover where uh, Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz are back to back. It's kind of on standing on top of the DC logo. It's pretty badass. I like it. Um, I. I, for the most part, enjoyed this book, for the most part. Um, the part that I didn't like, you can see on the cover, it's the name nestled in between Humphreys and Benes. 
Uh, I cannot abide the the Ethan Van Skyver artwork in this book. I cannot abide it. Um, he uh, the Ed Bennis pages are great. Uh, there is one page in particular from uh, Mr. Van Skyver that just makes my brain itch. Um, it's the page where you know he's he you know Hal Jordan uh, tests Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz uh, in this book because you know he's got to leave Earth and he needs to leave Earth in their custody. And so you know how do you test him? Well, yes, sick a manhunter robot on him, right? Um, which seems a, a little much, you know, um, you know, perhaps, uh, perhaps a, a spelling quiz might've been the way to start, just get him warmed up. But, uh, you know, he, he talks to him about how, you know, they're going to have to work and teach each other and learn together, but there'll be folks here to help them. And so, you know, over his shoulder, you've got the image of the justice league is who he's referencing. And wonder woman is standing in center and has her leg up, and we're the, the the viewer is several steps below Wonder Woman, so we're getting an upskirt of Wonder Woman, uh, because her 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 leg is up for no good reason, uh, you know, kind of Captain Morganing. Um, it is uh, the whole page is just terrible, is just terrible. But I, I think that that it is it is so gratuitous to feature her ass <laughs> in such a fashion on this page. And it just enrages me. And I, I can't believe that DC lets that shit fly. I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoy looking at Wonder Woman's backside as much as the next guy. I, I, don't, I, I don't think you do. <laughs> I do, actually. But number one, it's not drawn well. And number two, it's just, it's just, it's just beefcake for beefcake's sake. There, she's not doing anything, right? You know, she's not demonstrating her power. She's not, you know, she's just standing there looking scary because half her face is in shadow. But you don't need to see her face because you can see her ass. Well, I mean, that's yeah. that's what Ethan Van Skyver saying is that w Wonder Woman really should be called Wonder Ass. And her you'll learn from her ass. <laughs> that's what I think. That's what I think that that Ethan Van Skyver is telling us. There. Well, it doesn't doesn't look like he's going to be the artist on the main once this actually kicks off, kicks off. Because yeah, Green, Green Lantern's one is is written by Sam Humphreys with art by Robinson Roca, Robson Roca. Okay, I don't know who that is either. So, um, I I loved I love this book. <laughs> like, I've got I've got Atrocitus. I've I've got Jessica Cruz, Green Lantern. I'm yeah. So oh, and you've got you've got Rage Kitty. Red Rage Kitty. You got Rage Kitty. Last page. I think Rage, Rage Kitty. Oh, name. I didn't even. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Angry Cat. <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. I I, uh, I want to want to give it another try. I'm in for the book. I yeah, I really like the the new Green Lantern, Jessica Cruz, and I've I've been a fan of Simon Baz for a while. So you know, I'm I'm eager to uh, to see how this shakes out. I am kind of amused that. You know, in continuity, Simon Baz has been a Green Lantern for just a couple of weeks. <laughs> did you catch that in the dialogue? I did, but I think Please. that was just an exaggeration. Like, you've only been Green Lantern for a minute. Like, I mean, I, that's the way I took it. Not okay. like a literal couple of weeks. Okay, because I that's I took it literally, but of course, you know, who am I? Who am I, Paul? I don't I don't have the, the well-developed sense of humor that you do. Well, that's true. <laughs> so for but me... You know, I, I'm go ahead. Well, I no, was going to say, if this, if I was reading this book and it was another Hal Jordan book, I think I wouldn't be picking up Green Lantern's number one. Um, the fact that it's not a Hal Jordan book 
is what has me interested in the in the story because you know first of all we're, we're starting off with this flashback of um a guardian with mm-hmm. yet another you know hidden tr- you know a, a box with some other weapon you know some other of, light power some, some other, other light revelation. power yeah and then it ends with well we had the blackest night and we had the brightest day now it's time for the red dawn and all i could think of is fucking crossover no, what I was thinking of was Wolverines. <laughs> <laughs> right, Tim? Am I right? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, but I'm interested in the story of Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz. I'm interested in, you know, how they're going to work together and 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 their dynamics. So, I I will be picking up Green Lanterns number 1. Um, this book wasn't a knockout of the park for me just because of as someone who's been reading Green Lanterns for a while and everything feels like a crossover, this just concerns me that they're setting up a crossover. But um, no, I and I, I guarantee you that that's when I'll drop out of the book. What I am interested in is what Fine Baz and do on Earth outside of the Green Lantern Corps. Um, I love the Green Lantern Corps. It's gotten so about the spectrum, gotten to be so about all the different years and not just the Green Lantern uh, Corps being cops in space. Um, and that's why I got out of Green Lantern originally. So I guarantee you once it crosses over, I'm done. Well, at least now I think there's only two Green Lantern books. I think there's this one and Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. So we don't have Red Lanterns and White Lanterns. Like we don't have, I don't know, whatever, Lost Guardians and New Lanterns and whatever. Um, we don't have 18 Green Lantern books. I think we only have two. So that's at least a little bit reassuring. I did like the opening narrative where, you know, the guardian that's fleeing across space is, you know, talking to us about Hal Jordan and, you know, kind of describes all these wonderful things Hal Jordan does. And he's like, he's a problem. And then it talks about John Stewart and all the, the, the things that John Stewart has done. He's a problem, too. I, I did kind of dig that narrative. Oh, that was uh, that was a trust that wasn't the. The uh, I guess you're right. That wasn't the lantern. Anyway, the narrative is what I'm talking about. Oh, you know, it was written really well. Yeah, <laughs> I, just like, I clearly uh, didn't know who was talking, but <laughs> oh yeah. Well, from Green Lanterns to Green Arrow, I was the only one who picked up Green Arrow Rebirth this week. But I thought I'd touch on it because you know we might as well talk about all the Rebirth books that we read. Um, Green Arrow number one, uh, written by Benjamin Percy, art and colored by Otto Schmidt. Uh, it is all about if if you read DC Rebirth, you know that it seemed like Dinah Lance, Black Canary, and Oliver Queen had this vague recollection of each other um, that was drawing them together. But in the New Fifty Two, they don't have their pre-existing relationship like they did pre-Flashpoint. And so this book, though it doesn't necessarily touch on um, that Rebirth story directly, you know, it's, it's not um, anyone remembering the you know the the world that came before it does feature green arrow and black canary teaming up um to take on basically human traffickers that kind of seem vampiric in nature they're very nosferatu looking um but it's a nice done in one story uh and i thought it was a fun book uh, I, you know it reads oliver queen has now grown out his beard again um and he shaves it into a goatee in this book but he he's not the clean cut Oliver Queen that we've had in the New Fifty Two. He looks and sounds a hell of a lot more like pre Flashpoint Green Arrow, um, and Dinah Lance, you know, sounds like pre Flashpoint 
uh, Black Canary. And it's nice to see the characters interact again, even though it's, you know, even though you don't have that that history that the characters have, uh, clearly that's something they're setting up from, you know, from reading Rebirth. So I enjoyed this book. I mean, it's fun. It's uh, an easy read. I will be picking up issue one. And if you, I, now, if you're a fan of the Green Arrow series, I would say it's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have the feel of that, but if you liked Green Arrow before they reset him in New 52, you might want to pick this up. Hmm. And, you know, for two ninety nine, it just feels, you know, easier to pick up books like this and to give a shot on something. I might give it a shot. Although I will I'd... say I counted the page count and it was only 20. Well, I think that's average nowadays. I thought it was, I thought it was 24. Okay. Well, another book we uh, all of us read was the Batman Rebirth book. Um, this one was written by Scott Snyder with art by Mikkel Yannin. Is well, how I'm going to pronounce uh, that. Yeah, and he and Scott Snyder passed the baton to Tom King, who's p- taking over writing chores on uh, Batman number one after this. And that makes him the lead Batman writer. <laughs> <laughs> There's a joke you'd had to be around for a while. (laughs) (laughs) So, Tim, talk to us about Batman number one. Um, Bruce Wayne is obnoxious. I'll just just say that. There's a lot of ways that you can you can work out at the top of a 50 story building curling on the helicopter pad. Probably not the best. Dangling over the edge of the building. He doesn't have like a utility belt. He's got like zip. Right. So, like, if he falls, he is really dead. Like all dead, I don't care if he's Batman. He's 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 wearing underwear and and some Adidas's. He's screwed. So, um, beyond that, you know, I I'm not I'm not digging. I, I don't know who this new person is. I he must have been part of Robin Incorporated or something. This Duke guy. Yeah, he's from We Are Robin. He was also in the Zero Year. Um, he's a character that Scott Snyder introduced in Zero Year as a young. Um, young character, and he he is the the main Robin, I think, in the We Are Robin book. That's now over, uh, but it looks like he's going to become Lark for uh, Batman, which is again a, a concept that Scott Snyder introduced in that Detective Comics number twenty seven um, exercise book. Well, maybe somebody who's been reading it with the, with Scott Snyder all along would would get a kick out of that, and it sounds it, it sounds like maybe I would have had I had I read it all, but for me, it didn't really do anything for me. How did you feel, Paul? I didn't. I didn't dislike this book. I didn't love it though either. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, I feel like the um, I, you know, Bruce Wayne hanging over the building. I just rolled my eyes at that. Like that just seems so unnecessary. Um, and and quite. I mean, if it seems stupid, I did like yeah. the scene where he he stops the spores, where he says, I, "I've got four minutes to hold my breath." And then he, it's like six minutes and 30 seconds. And you know, he actually does it for six minutes and 30 seconds. I like that scene. Um, I, I, though I have seen Calendar Man before, I was unfamiliar with the fact that he apparently rebirths himself um, every, every, you know, every year. I thought that was uh, unusual. And maybe that's something new introduced in here. I think that's new. Yeah, that's creepy I, I, as hell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I think that's new where he, you know crawls out of his old body as 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 fresh and new yeah uh i thought, I thought that was nicely creepy well uh, yeah I, I thought so I, I thought that was very interesting i thought the the ending of the book was a little lackluster uh-huh. yeah like you know they have this final sequence of him and um i forget the character's name what is his name um alfred lark? alfred no not alfred <laughs> lark whoever larks what is lark's character's name tim 
I don't remember what his name is. Duke. 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 Yeah. Hickey Kickerson. You know, so they're kicking a tree and Alfred's like, I don't know, drops an avocado down a hole and then we look at some bats. Like, I don't don't know what I was supposed to get out of that. I that was the weirdest damn thing. You know, uh, out while number one, while Bruce and Duke are kicking the shit out of a tree for some reason. No reason. No No, reason. Yeah. I mean, just just like the, like the tree killed his parents. That's what <laughs> right. it was like. Right. We're gonna kick the shit out of this tree because this tree killed Martha and Thomas Wayne. Yep. Um, we, we could we could be in a in a boxing ring kicking a punching right. bag, but no, right. this this hundred year old tree. Fuck this tree. Fuck this tree. Um, but meanwhile, Alfred. <laughs> Uh, apropos of nothing, walks out there, stands over a hole leading to the bat cave below, takes an avocado that he has split, takes the two halves of it, drops it down, and then we get a full one-page spread of a bunch of bats in the bat cave. Yeah. I, I do not under... And I so saw... Here's the thing that infuriates me. I was reading this book. I'm like, wow, this is pretty boring. Other than I think the artwork was really nice in the book. You know, I like the way Batman was drawn. I like the the suit for Lark. Um, I, I I thought the scene where, you know, Calendar Man births his new body was appropriately creepy, as I said. And then you get to this page and you're like, well, clearly I missed something. And so I went back and I read it again. Nope. Nope. That just made no fucking sense. I have no idea what the deal was with the avocado. <laughs> Me either. I mean seriously (laughs) (laughs) i have no clue if anybody else knows what that is i need them to call the ideology of madness (laughs) ideology of madness hotline and tell me right now 972-763-5903 that number once again 972-763-5903 please 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 Tell me what that was all about. And if we use your answer to help Aaron figure out what's going on, he may send you an avocado. <laughs> may send you an avocado. Uh, but I will say he'll send you the other half of the avocado. <laughs> I will just... say this: this book helped me out a lot, though, because I I saw the cover for Batman Detective Comics nine thirty four, and I'm yeah. like, this is what I want. <laughs> I want this, and I want Lex Luthor in a Superman suit. Uh huh. So it, I'm fine with this. <laughs> It was okay, but it it did it did sell more books for them, so I'm happy. Yeah. Well, so- I have to t- I have to tell you what 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 Batman, you know, uh, Rebirth number one did for me is convinced me that I don't need Batman Rebirth number two. <laughs> that's that's what that what that told me. Well, you know, and so I do want to touch on something um, that I noticed in these Rebirth books, and I'm not saying it's a bad. I think so. To, so, um, Aaron, these are actually the Batman Rebirth number one. This is a one shot, and the story mm-hmm. and and the book actually like all the books this month are one shots, ah. and then next month we have Batman number one. Um, so, so I get two number ones, basically. <laughs> yeah, I won't be picking that up. You know, for me, one of the things that I noticed in here, and I get it, these are all basically zero issues, right? If you read them, all of them pretty much read like zero issues. Um, I I kind of. I expected some of them, and we're going to talk about Superman here in a minute. I kind of expected maybe one of them to pick up on the story threads that were introduced in Rebirth. Yeah. And not a single one of them did. And again, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. These are, again, zero issues. These are meant to be new reader-friendly. Here's the current status of your favorite characters. Now let's start the story. Um, That's what these books are intended to do. So I'm not 
crying foul on DC. I'm not saying that it affected the quality of the book, but Batman was someone who very heavily played into Rebirth number one, and he had the letter, and he had the three Jokers and stuff like that. And I'm surprised that none of that was mentioned. And maybe that's, I, mean, I don't know if that, effect, if that affected your enjoyment of the book at all uh, for you guys. But for me, I was like, huh, like that was such a big piece. Like I was kind of hoping that Flash would show up and say, hey, remember that letter I gave you? And oh, right. God, yes, I remember the whole universe. Have you still forgotten the letter? I told, just remind, reminded you about it last week. <laughs> Read the goddamn letter, Bruce. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Um so I, I was just a little surprised that none of the books really touched on that. I'm hoping that Flash does when I pick it up, or or at least Titans does, but um, I was surprised that pretty much none of these books mentioned anything from DC Rebirth, except the closest one being Superman Rebirth, because it's the fact that he's there <laughs> is You're tied right. into the concept of right. Rebirth. Well, and I don't know about you, Paul, but I found this book tremendously satisfying. I, I, I really enjoyed Superman Rebirth. There were a couple of things that, I, that I'm going to pick nits about, but they are minor issues about this book. But first off, when you get uh, Pete Tomasi and Doug Mankey working on a book, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just it's just Christmas is what it is. Um, and I and I dug it. And the 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 story reintroduces this our Superman, the pre 52 Superman uh, to the readership and. Immediately, what I find so amazing about this, Paul, does an amazing job of making him relevant in this universe. Much and 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 bringing it did a better job retelling pre fifty two Superman's death right in a flashback than the last issue of Superman did with the pre with the new fifty two Superman's death. I yeah, mean, I would say so. And we, and we talked about that last week was that, you know, wow, the death scene really didn't have the emotional weight that the doomsday death scene had back in when, you know, back when that story was told back in the 90s. I was amazed at how evocative that was in these pages. Uh, you know, and here you got Doug, Doug Mankey, who's reinterpreting those pages and, and drawing. I, I got to tell you, he, he's drawn the best doomsday I've seen uh, since since those, you know, original stories. Agreed. But I uh, want to say one thing on that before you proceed, which sure. is the shot where the, the, the final blow of the battle that's portrayed. Uh -huh. Yes. Doesn't really flow with what actually happened. Yeah, right. That was not the. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a reinterpretation. It's a reinterpretation, but you're right. It, it, those pages, uh, so it's like three two-page spreads of the, the, the Superman versus Doomsday fight, and it is glorious. Yeah. Uh, the Doug Mankey art is, and I don't want to just give it to Doug Mankey, because um, Jaime Mendoza on inks and Will Cantana, yeah. the colorist, I mean, those pages are fantastic. So the concept of this story is that, you know, uh, our Superman from pre-52 Metropolis, you know, is keeping an eye out on uh, New 52 Superman's, uh, you know, coffin. And the reason why he is, he's waiting for that son of a bitch to come back to life. You know, I did it. Why can't this guy do it? Which is a conceit that I find highly amusing. <laughs> I come back to life. Everybody come back to life. What the hell is this guy's problem? Right? Yeah. Uh, and so Lana Lang, uh, you know, shows up there at the Superman crypt to hijack his body because she promised to bury him next to his parents in Smallville. And so it gives super, our Superman an opportunity to, you know, unload some information on Lana about him. And so that, you know, new readers can, can understand what's going on. Very much a zero issue kind of thing. And I got to tell you, I like 
Lana better with our Superman than I ever liked him with her Superman. Yeah. Right. I mean, this this pre, uh, new 52 uh, Lana has always kind of worked my nerves. I loved her in this book. Yeah, I thought she was great. Um, and, and just really dug, you know, the whole story between these two. And so they wind up going to uh, new 52 Superman's Fortress of Solitude because Superman's like, you know what? If he he will have a matrix chamber there and that's really all I got to got to have to cook us up another Superman. And of course, you know, we find out for whatever reason, there's no matrix chamber there. And so, oops, looks like he might be really dead. And uh, that's where the story goes from there. I I loved this book. I loved how it was drawn. I loved how it was told. You know, uh, I, I I dug the whole thing, Paul. I dug the whole thing. And I got to tell you, I, I was we talked last week about how, uh, you know, in the pre-New 52, our Superman's Fortress of Solitude has two stat has the statue of Lara and Jor-El, uh, uh, you know, holding up the planet Krypton, the statues, right? Yes. Well, this world Superman, you know, the new 52 Superman had, had his Kryptonian parents as well as his earth parents. And so our pre 52 Superman is like, I, that never occurred to me. I mean, it was just kind of dumbfounded by that. That never occurred to me. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I enjoyed a lot of the moments in this book and it gives me a lot of hope for the Tomasi run on Superman, especially with Doug Mankey and um, Patrick Leeson. Uh, splitting the art chores. I mean, that that yeah. book is going to be the Superman book that I've been wanting for a while. Yeah. No, it, it, this book was pretty awesome. I, I, I dug this a great deal. So moving away from DC, let's talk about publisher IDW, who announced this week that they have a, a crossover coming up uh, later this year for an interconnected Hasbro uh, universe. So Paramount Pe- Pictures announced that they were doing something similar that they were going to have a, a, an interconnected Hasbro cinematic universe that would feature G.I. Joe, ROM, Visionaries, Micronauts, and Mask. Well, all those properties are pretty much owned by IDW on the comic, or licensed by IDW. Um, so IDW has a Revolution crossover event coming later this year that will meld um, the universes of Transformers, G.I. Joe, Micronauts, ROM, Action Man, and Mask into one cohesive community. Um, and the seeds have apparently already been, you know, starting to be planted in, in the books that are currently out. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk about that is that available now on Comixology is the ROM free comic book day issue uh, from IDW. You know, we did we did not get out to our local comic shop, unfortunately, to, to pick it up when it came out. Um, but this free comic book day issue um, features, it's, it's a, even though it's ROMs on the cover, it actually also has a preview of Action Man. So both of these will be tying into that upcoming event. And Aaron, as a ROM fan, I'm very curious to hear what you thought of this book. I, I wanted to like this book more than I did. Um, I love the design of Rom. I love the idea of Rom. What I don't care for are his villains, the Dire Wraiths. And uh, I got to tell you, it's when we learned that they were going to have Dire Wraiths in the book, I was hoping that they would do something a little bit more horrific with them um, than what they've done in the past. And the creature that the dire wraith turns into in the book and don't get me wrong there's some blood and gore in the book and you know the characters certainly find everything that's happening rather horrific but i found the the creature it turns into to be uh rather than horrific to be sort of comical um 
you know, it, it's got I this. I think that was you know, an artistic choice more than anything else, though. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's what bugged me about it is that I really I honestly I really I, I think the dire raids um, in description and in the way they're written, not the way they've ever been drawn, but the way they're written is almost like a Cthulhu type of character. Mm-hmm. You know, some some sort of, of horrible shambling horror uh, that's wearing a human suit. Right. And when it comes out, it's just this terrible thing. Um, and we've never really gotten that on the page, and we certainly didn't get it here. I think everything else is drawn beautifully in this book. I love the way Rom is drawn. See, I don't necessarily uh, agree with you on that. Um, I don't. I, the, for me, the art was the one of the issues for this story for me. I thought the story was fine. I mean, it it's a free comic book day issue. I think it's like a ten page, a ten page uh, prelude. Right. Um, and I thought the story wise, story wise, it was fine. I mean, it it is it served its purpose. I I will pick up Rom number one. Um, but the art I didn't necessarily care for. And you know, you're talking about the dire wraiths. Now that I'm looking at it, you know who would be a great artist for this book is hmm. a Stepan Sayich. Oh yeah, absolutely. That guy absolutely. was born to draw a book like this, but this, yeah. you know, this book is very much drawn with kind of this cell shaded, cartoony art. Not mm-hmm. not to say it's caricaturish, but it, it's 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 yeah. not a bright, shiny story. But at no point do I feel like I'm looking at something that takes place at night. Right. No, it's very well lit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's there's very little atmosphere on, on the page, um, and I gotta say, you know, I. I, I don't want anyone to think that I'm praising the art. I just thought the art was fine. Um, but I would really prefer someone who's stronger on the technical drawing that doesn't make Rom look quite so organic. I want Rom to look like somebody either wearing armor or to look like a robot, right? Um, and, and you don't get that all the time because he seems to be he seems to be moving in a, in a rather fluid type of, of, uh, of manner. And I, I just I, I want that, you know, he's either armored or he is manufactured one or the other. So I, there are things I liked about it. I, I'm, I'll give issue one a chance, but I, I wasn't sold on this and largely for the for the fact of the dire rates. So that was disappointing. Okay. But I also have to say, Paul, you know, we haven't talked about it on the show, but uh, the my, first issue of Micronauts came out uh, back when we were in um, at ManCon. So yeah. more than a month ago. Um, and I haven't talked about it because I'm so disappointed in the book. Um, I've tried to read that thing like three times and I can't get through it. It is it is so unpleasant to read. Yeah, which is a bummer. Um, I mean, these are – now, I am not the ROM Micronauts fan that you are. Right. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm willing to appre- – I, I appreciate the concepts and I am willing to – more than happy to give these books a shot. Um, but – I, I'm not finding my curiosity rewarded as of yet. And at least this book was free. And again, right. I will likely pick up the first issue of ROM so I can get a full story or at least a full issue worth of story. Um, my hope is that it's not necessarily the same artist, but uh, you know, I'll give that first issue a shot. And if I don't get anything different than what I got in this for, uh, free comic book day issue, I won't, I won't pick up anymore. Yeah. But I'm, I'm at least willing to give the first issue a shot. It was super disappointing. Uh, you know, uh, the and when I say super disappointing, I was talking about Micronauts. Um, the the artwork was fine, but you never got 
you never got that great, you know, two page spread. You never got, you know, something that was pinup worthy. You know what I'm saying? No. And I, that was disappointing for me because that's always been one of the great things about the Micronauts is, you know, the artwork's just fantastic. I mean, you have Michael Golden working on that original series at Marvel. Um, and there was so much anticipation around that book and then for them not to, to be able to deliver the punch. Plus, the, the storytelling was around characters that you just don't care about. Um, I, it was disappointing. It was super disappointing. And I, you know, I'm going to give it a second issue to see if it, if it picks up, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not optimistic at this point. Yeah. Same. (laughs) So, well, let's see if there's anything next week that is worth being optimistic for. Yes, sir. So, you know, actually, before we get into next week, I do want to say that the final Mike Mignola drawn issue of Hellboy came out this week. Uh, Hellboy in Hell number 10, I believe. And he says he's 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 done um, drawing, uh, you know, drawing comics or sequential art for the foreseeable future. Um, I read Hellboy in trade. I'm looking forward to, to the completion of the storyline and seeing how it works out. Um, but I just wanted to, to mention that, that, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about it. I didn't pick it up this week, but pretty big deal, uh, for, you know, and we didn't talk about it. Yeah. Well, you know, I read the first volume of Hellboy in Hell and loved the hell out of it. Um, and so when, when the, when everything's out, I'll pick up the, uh, remaining volume. I, I, I have to tell you with uh, Comixology Unlimited being out there right now, I'm enjoying the hell out of getting caught up on BPRD. Oh yeah. It's a good idea too. Yeah. And I think that book will still be published. Um, you know, from, he didn't, he, he neither draws nor writes that book. So, so next week from DC comics, continuing rebirth, we have a number of really interesting books, action comics, number nine fifty seven, Aquaman rebirth, uh, detective comics, number nine 34 for you, Tim flash rebirth, um, and wonder woman rebirth, uh, from Greg Rucka. So I'm actually, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to all of those. I'm picking up a couple of those. You know, I'm, 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 I'm definitely. I, I think I'm likely to give each one of those a shot. Oh, Paul. I know, <laughs> I know, but I, you know, I mean, I, I always give Aquaman a try, and with Dan Abnett on writing, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm very curious about Detective Comics and Action Comics. Um, I'm picking up Flash primarily because we now have a Barry that remembers pre-52 Flashpoint or you know pre-52 um, DC. So I'm, I'm that's. I, where I'm hopeful that I'll get some more of this uh, Rebirth stuff. And I'm hella interested in the Greg Rucka Wonder Woman book. Oh, yeah. I cannot wait for that. Yeah. Very much looking forward to that one. From uh, Marvel Comics, another book we didn't talk about this week, Civil War Two number one came out. Uh, but we, we've previously talked about how none of us were picking that up. But if you are picking that up, Civil War Two Gods of War number one comes out, as well as a number of Civil War tie-in books from Marvel. Um, but perhaps the book I'm most interested uh, from Marvel next week is Empress number three, continuing the Mark Miller sci-fi adventure uh, that we really loved the first issue of. Um, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a strong book. That's a good book. Yeah, Mark I Miller and Stuart Amonin. Yeah, definitely yep. worth picking up. Excellent. Uh, so one thing I do want to mention. Oh, dear. Next week on our YouTube channel. Uh-oh. I know. The sex videos. Um, <laughs> no, Terabytes and terabytes of porn. <laughs> of porn. Um, I got invited to attend next Wednesday uh, to Six Flags. Uh, in uh, Six Flags America in uh, Washington, D.C. area for the uh, relaunch of their new Superman Ride of Steel virtual reality coaster. Um, So if you check out the YouTube channel, I have some video from that Six Flags park. They have a Superman-themed roller coaster, um, and I I rode it, and I loved it. 
uh, well, they are upgrading the experience um, with you're you're still riding the roller coaster, but apparently um, they are now offering virtual reality headsets that show a Superman adventure um, while you ride the roller coaster. So you can look around and and you're 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 basically flying through this Superman adventure and Metropolis under siege by aliens and stuff. Um, while you're actually riding a real roller coaster. You're going to throw up, Paul. I'm going to throw up, but <laughs> I'm also going to be there um, you know, for, for the, the, the sneak preview event. It's next Wednesday night, uh, so check the YouTube channel out like next Thursday or next Friday uh, because I'm going to post a review, let you guys know if it's worth checking out. Um, but, you know, obviously it's Six Flags. If, if you've not been to one, they have a number of DC properties and, and characters and rides and Really looking forward to, to checking this roller coaster out. So check out the YouTube channel. Cool. You're gonna see Paul throw up online. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if I throw mm. up, I'm sure someone will film it. And and then when when you throw up and Aaron sees it, Aaron will throw. Uh, up. Hey, that is correct. That is correct. <laughs> that will happen. That will happen. <laughs> All right. Very <guys>. excited. <laughs> I'm. I. Uh, you know, I've got to get back to building my arc. It's been raining for a week and a half here, so uh, you know, I got to get back to got to get back to that. Yeah, what Aaron guts, really means guts. is he needs to drown his sorrows in whiskey <laughs> so that he's prepping for the cigar bash this Saturday. That is true. That I is feel true. like God's had it with you heathens in Texas, Aaron. Yeah, that, 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 that's true as well. That's true as well. <laughs> All right, so, guys. So go send some more at the cigar factory or whatever. We'll do that. All right. All right. Bye. Bye, Bye everybody. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.